Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of getting somebody busted for taking something illegal. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is I made my boyfriend pee on my ex's toothbrush. My previous relationship was a severely toxic one. He did everything but hit me. I'm convinced that if we stayed together for long, he would have hit me eventually. We were bad for each other, and now that I think about it, it only made sense since we were each other's rebound. Both of us met and got together while we were still mourning the end of our relationship. My ex and I met in a coffee shop one Monday morning. I was on my computer designing stuff, and he was there to get coffee and leave for work. I guess he worked in a bank or an insurance company because he was dressed in a black suit and tie. We made eye contact as he walked out. He smiled at me, I smiled back, and he left. Just as I turned to continue my work, he returned to the cafe, walked towards me and said, You have a beautiful face. I thanked him in hopes that he would ask for my number, ask me out or something, but he didn't. He hurried out instead. I badly wanted a date at that time, so that was where my neediness came from. I had just gotten out of a serious relationship with my high school sweetheart at the time. It was a long-term relationship, one that lasted years, and I ached for that sort of relationship again. I was still dealing with my breakup, and I badly wanted a replacement. The next day, he was there, the suit and tie dude flashing a big smile at me. I of course smiled back at him and even added a wink. He still did not take my number or ask me out. I was irritated and promised myself to never smile back at him. Now that I think about it, I wish I'd kept my promise. On Wednesday and Thursday, the suit and tie dude would come into the cafe around the same time in the mornings and smile at me. The cafe was my favorite place to work and it was close to where I lived so I was there most of the time. I wasn't in the cafe on that Friday because I decided to take a break and spring clean the house while my roommate was at work. I enjoyed cleaning but only in solitude. I returned to my usual workspace the next Monday and was sipping my coffee and jotting in my notepad when the suit and tie dude suddenly appeared before me. I jolted. I never thought I'd see you again, he said. It was at that point I realized that the suit and tie stranger had quite a feminine voice. Hi, I replied nervously. You weren't here on Friday, he said in a flat tone. I was worried. Was he stalking me? Did I have to change my work location? Oh no, I thought. I loved the coffee there and the staff was friendly. Plus, it was really quiet and small, so I didn't have to deal with seeing so many people. I had watched too many serial killer documentaries to be comfortable with the thought of being stalked. He must have noticed my puzzled expressions because he smiled and moved back a little. I'm sorry if I freaked you out. I wanted to ask you out a while ago, but I couldn't do it, and then I came in on Friday resolved to just get it over with, but you weren't here. I say, oh, I had some chores to do. He says, great. We talked about what we both did, and I was right. He worked in an insurance company. I told him I'd guessed that he did, and he laughed. He said, oh, well, I'm just glad I stayed on your mind long enough for you to think of and assume what I do. He was running late for work, so he hurried out. Still did not ask me out, I muttered. 
Just as I muttered that, I saw him waving at me and knocking on the glass window on the side I was seated. He was saying something, but I didn't hear him. I watched the movement of his mouth since I couldn't hear him. Would you like to go out for coffee with me? He was asking. I nodded affirmatively. He gave me a thumbs up and I did that too, and he jogged back into the cafe. Sorry, we didn't pick a location or time. I almost felt sorry for him. He was late for work. I say, just give me your number. He wrote his number on my jotter and ran out. It was funny. I called him that evening and we made plans to go get coffee together that weekend in the same cafe where we had met. I suggested the cafe and he protested a bit. Don't you want somewhere special? You're always at that cafe. I say, nah, I'm cool. They make the best coffee anyway. I enjoyed his company and he did mine too. We agreed to go on another coffee date the next day and it was just as nice. Somehow we started a conversation about our previous relationships and he admitted to me that he'd just gotten out of a serious relationship. They broke up after being together for three years. They were already engaged and had even had an engagement party, but she left him some months after their engagement. When he spoke about her, I felt he was still in love with her, but I decided to not bother myself too much about it. I was still crazy about my ex too, plus I figured it wasn't a serious relationship and we were going to take it slow. I told him I'd just gotten out of a relationship too. You are not ready for anything serious right now, are you? He asked me with a pout. I shook my head. Nope. We decided to stay friends and check in on each other often. We went out together many times. We would get coffee together, see a movie and watch a game together. Some other times would come over to my place and we would talk. Sometimes my roommate would be there with us and join in on our conversations. One day she called me aside and said, You like him. It was almost an accusation. Who? Him? No, I don't. Yes, yes you do. I rolled my eyes and blushed. Well, maybe I do, but now what? We already agreed to just stay friends. They say, well, then tell him you don't want to be just friends anymore. That night, I told him as we walked over to the coffee shop. You know, I was thinking that too, he said. I was still skeptical. I don't know, we just got out of our relationships. Rebound relationships hardly ever see the light of day. He says, listen, we have to at least give this a chance. I like you and you like me too. I don't think of you as a rebound. Do you think of me as a rebound? I said I don't. Well, I did. He was certainly a welcome distraction from my high school sweetheart. We officially started dating, but we had so many issues. We fought a lot and it was tiring. When his roommate moved out and he expressed that he would rather live alone and needed the space so he wasn't interested in getting a new roommate, I suggested that I moved in. It made sense to move in with him since I was always in his apartment anyway. I also secretly thought that we wouldn't argue so much if we lived together. He agreed and that week, I moved my stuff to his apartment. That was the biggest mistake ever. My ex-boyfriend is the most disorganized person I've ever met. He left his clothes everywhere and would just eat and leave food remnants on the dining table or anywhere else that he ate. I on the other hand was as obsessed with being clean and organized as I had always been. The bedroom was always a mess, and his clothes and shoes were everywhere all the time. It was frustrating having to clean up after him and remind him to do what he ought to do. We argued about it all the time, and my complaining didn't seem to work because each time I brought it up, he would behave properly and in two days he would go back to the default and keep making a mess. I always thought I enjoyed cleaning, but living with my ex made me realize I only enjoyed cleaning when there isn't much dirt to start with and I certainly did not enjoy cleaning up after anyone. 
My mom did all of these and never complained. He would scream at me whenever I brought up how he was creating a mess. Women have gotten so weird. My ex also had a habit of cursing at me whenever we argued. It happened all the time. I got sick of it and that led to our first breakup. That day he called me a witch during an argument. I just picked up a few of my things and returned to where I used to live. My roommate had gotten a new roommate but they were kind enough to let me sleep on the couch while my roommate and I shared her bedroom. I did this for a week and then my ex and I got back together. He promised to never curse at me again and we resolved our issues. Or so I thought. Things were all great and nice when I moved back in with him, but in less than a month, he started being annoying again. He would start arguments and if I wanted to leave, he would shut the door and make me stay in with him. Soon enough, the cursing continued, only that this time I would curse him back. Our constant fighting was too much for my mental health. I was constantly overwhelmed and could hardly concentrate on my work. My boss noticed and warned me about my unproductiveness and reluctance. Even the neighbors next door grew wary of our constant yelling. They would come over frequently to tell us to keep our voices down. His voice was quite feminine and high-pitched, and mine was high-pitched too, so it was always like two women trying to scream the building down. The breaking point for me was when one of the neighbors called the cops on us. They feared that we would start hitting each other and our noise was disturbing. That was the wake-up call for me. I decided I was leaving him the morning after. When I told him, he got very upset and tried to apologize to me so I would stay, but I refused. He then got erratic as I packed my stuff and took my key. I couldn't take all my stuff, so I just picked what I would need and went back to my former apartment. My roommate's new roommate was leaving the month after, so she welcomed me to take back my room. All through the month, I kept texting my ex to ask when it was okay for me to come for my stuff. He would lie about not being home or just evade the question and rather than reply, start begging me to return home. It was annoying so I asked my roommate to call him and see if he would listen to her. He evaded the topic again and begged her to convince me to return to his apartment. For a month, most of my stuff remained at his place but I didn't notice so much because I lived on the living room's couch anyway. When the new roommate left and I moved back into the room, I realized then how much of my stuff was missing. I reached out to my ex again, but this time he threatened to burn my stuff if I kept bothering him. Then he went from threatening me to apologizing for being a jerk and ruining the good things we had. He then begged me to return to him and promised to change. I realized that I was dealing with a sick person. I hung up and decided to involve the police. My roommate did not want that. She advised that I don't report to the police to avoid him getting very harsh treatment from the cops. I agreed with her reason for not wanting to go to the police. At the time, I'd started going on dates with my current boyfriend. We were pretty close, but taking things slowly since my previous relationship had scarred me. My new boyfriend was a gentleman, and I enjoyed his company and every other thing about him. I randomly mentioned the situation with my ex to him and he got pissed and insisted I go to the police. You have vital documents that you should not lose, he said. I was reluctant to, so I called my ex and told him that if he did not let me to come in to pick my stuff, I'd call the cops. He chickened out and said it was okay for me to come the day after. The next day, I went to my ex's with my current boyfriend to pack my stuff. My ex met us just in front of the building, handed me the keys, and went away. We went upstairs and it was a pigsty. I was beyond disgusted and could not believe that I once lived with someone so disorganized. 
I even worried that my current boyfriend would question my choice of men just looking at how much of a mess my ex had created in his house. I packed my stuff in the boxes we had brought while my boyfriend helped. I started to remember all the crappy experiences I had under that roof. The yelling, name-calling, slut-shaming, and control. Not to mention the fact that he didn't let me come in to pick my stuff up until I threatened to involve the police. I was furious. I didn't want to leave like that without doing something to hurt my ex. So I thought of a petty plan. I told my boyfriend, and he looked disgusted. Come on, I urged him. You probably want to do it anyway. He said, no, I don't want to take a leak on his toothbrush. I say, no, I mean, you do have to pee, don't you? They say, well, yeah. I say, then you can as well do it on his toothbrush. He agreed. My boyfriend peed on his toothbrush and shaving razor. I was so glad that he did that. My boyfriend didn't understand why it excited me so much. What my ex did to me was nowhere near what I had done to him, but it definitely made me happy knowing that my ex was brushing his teeth with someone else's urine in his mouth. So, for somebody that left you scarred, is this a revenge that you're going to walk away feeling satisfied like you got your payback and you can let it go? Also, ever since I learned the cold hard truth about storing toothbrushes in the bathroom and like what happens with particles, I always kind of pre-wash my toothbrush before I ever even consider putting toothpaste on it and putting it in my mouth. Is that normal? Does anybody else do that? Like at least rinse it off and brush the bristles off pretty darn good before I ever actually pop it into my mouth? I mean, it wouldn't be enough for this situation, but let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is boss steals my lunch, so I left him a special package. There was a time in my life when I thought that the worst people in the world were teachers. Then I got to college, and I decided that the worst people in the world were two L students, still hanging out in college. Well, I'm out of college now and working in a company, and I'm sure I know who the worst type of people are. Bosses. Some bosses are angry, some are crazy, some are meanies, some are bullies. But my boss is a combination of all types of evil boss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Bosses. Because while he bullies and verbally abuses me at every chance he gets, he also takes pleasure in stealing my lunch. I couldn't have that, so I decided to take matters into my own hands. My methods might have been a wee bit extreme, but they got the job done. But for you to understand, we gotta start at the top. After I got out of college, I didn't try to go to law school because I didn't want to go corporate, or at least this is what I tell myself and everybody else, but the main reason was that I was bad at academics. I struggled all through college, and I only graduated by the skin of my teeth. It didn't really appeal to me to go to law school, only to continue that struggle. I wanted to follow my passion, and that led me to video game streaming. But like all newbie video game streamers, I wasn't making any money. 
I didn't try to get a day job though because then I wouldn't have enough time to play video games. Also because I didn't want any part of the rat race. Instead, I lived in my mother's basement, ate her food, and played Call of Duty all day. Life was good, until one day my mom decided that she's had enough of my lazy butt lounging around her apartment. She wanted me to get a job, but I refused. I told her about my dreams, and even begged her to give me a little time, but she wouldn't have it. She even threatened to throw me out of her apartment if I didn't get a job and start being responsible. (sighs) Thanks, mom. Anyways, I decided to do something to get her off my back for a few months. So I called a friend and we had lunch at a cafe. I told him about my problem and he agreed to help. Before the end of the day, he hooked me up with a gig at an accounting firm. I got a job working as an office assistant with the firm, the salary was crap, and the superiors usually subject the workers to random drug tests. I found that weird because, accounting firm? Drugs? What? I decided that it was okay because it wasn't supposed to be much work and for once in a long time, my mom was actually happy with me. I think she kind of deluded herself into thinking that office assistant was some modest word for second in command to the CEO or something. Because every day she talks about crazy things like me taking over for my boss or climbing the corporate ladder or something. Well, I started the job and boy, it wasn't what I expected. I was on my feet for the better part of the day, running to and from the fax or scanning machine, printing stuff for the other workers, taking calls, writing emails, and getting coffee. The worst part of the job was the fact that I had to answer to a really unpleasant boss. He was the supervisor and he always seemed to get a kick out of bullying everyone into submission. The first time I saw him in the office, I couldn't control myself. I laughed really hard because he looked and sounded weird. That was my bad because it's wrong to judge people based on their looks. That said, it doesn't change the fact that he was still a huge jerk. He had a long pointy nose like that of a witch, an obnoxious beard, and a voice with a weirdly high pitch. He caught me staring one day, and since then he's had it out for me. He sends me on more than five coffee runs every day, and gives me the most ridiculous jobs to do. One time, he even made me unclog the toilet with a plunger when the janitor called in sick. Anytime I say no, my paycheck usually gets lost in the system and would be delayed until I apologize. It was really bad, but I didn't quit. I couldn't quit because I had an ego to protect and also because I didn't want to get thrown out of my mom's house. So I go to work every day, slaving away the entire day, then come back home exhausted and unable to play games. My only consolation at work was during the lunch break when I could just sit back, relax, and enjoy my mom's delicious pastries. Oops, I forgot to mention this, it's essential to the story, my mom is a great chef. Best in the country actually, she's won the cook-off championship three times in a row. She specializes in pastries, and she makes a mean apple and blueberry pie. One afternoon, after the usual hectic start of the day, I checked my watch for the hundredth time and boom, it was lunchtime. I walked into the office kitchen for my 30 minute slice of paradise, that is my slice of strawberry tart, which I'd kept in the fridge hours earlier. I opened the fridge and my strawberry tart was gone. No. I went around the office asking everyone if they'd seen my strawberry tart. No one did, or at least nobody confessed to stealing it. 
I was distraught. The only part of my day that I actually looked forward to and now it's gone. I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. Not at work. I spoke to one of my coworkers about my missing strawberry tart and he asked if it was labeled. It wasn't. I decided that I couldn't really blame anyone because I failed to label my lunch. The next day, I decided that I wasn't going to repeat that mistake. I bought a pack of stick it notes and boldly wrote my name and then tagged it on my turkey wrap. But to my surprise, the same thing happened again. I got to the kitchen and my turkey wrap was gone. The thief did me a courtesy of leaving my stick it note in the fridge though. This happened again and again for a few days till I decided that I couldn't take it anymore. I went to my supervisor and told him about the incident. He told me that it wasn't a serious issue that could be brought up to his superiors and that I should be more careful about how I keep my lunch. I decided that I was going to find out who the thief was on my own. So one fateful day, I decided to go to the kitchen 30 minutes earlier. I left my duty post and snuck to the kitchen. I hid in a corner and waited out the time. 15 minutes before the lunch break, my supervisor walked into the kitchen. I was initially scared because I thought he was coming to bust me, but to my surprise, he opened the fridge and went straight for my chocolate croissant. He peeled off my sticky note with a smug smile on his face and put it back into the fridge. I couldn't confront him because I didn't know what to say. Also because it wasn't lunchtime and I shouldn't even be there. Instead, I watched in agony as my chocolate croissant was being devoured. He finished with the croissant and went for my apple juice and he drank that too. When he left, I went back to the office and told the co-workers what I had seen. They laughed at me. One of them even said that they knew it was the supervisor all along. Turns out he does it to every new employee. He steals their lunch till the firm employs a new worker and he moves on. I decided not to make a move and just be patient till the firm hires a new someone. How long could it take? Not long apparently because just after a few weeks, the firm hired a new accountant. She was slim, tall and sexy, she had beautiful eyes. Okay, not important. I was so happy to see her because she was beautiful and because finally Mr. Supervisor will stop eating my lunch now. Psych! I walked into the kitchen that same day and my jaw almost fell to the ground when I saw the new girl's zucchini casserole which lay untouched in the fridge, but my chocolate chip muffins were gone. Not again. I went back to my coworkers and they laughed even harder. Maybe Mr. Supervisor's fallen in love with your mom's cooking, they said. I was really mad because there was nothing I could do about it at the moment. I mean, I could confront him and he would stop, but then he'd make my work life a living heck, worse than it already was. I decided to be a bit patient until the firm gets another new hire. Maybe something will change. This happened later than the first time, but when the company hired a new guy, I was happy. It was the moment of truth. During the lunch break, I hurried to the kitchen, then said a quick prayer before opening the fridge. To my utter dismay, the new guy's hamburger lay uneaten too, while my chicken wings were nowhere to be found. That was the last straw. I couldn't take it any longer. I had to do something. While I took a cab home, I brainstormed ideas on how to stop Mr. Supervisor from stealing my meals and I got some really good ones that would guarantee me getting my lunch back. But I wanted something different. One hit that I'll make sure he never repeats his sick habit. I was still thinking about ideas the next day when I got called up for an impromptu drug test. 
That's when I got my idea. I was going to make Mr. Supervisor fail his impromptu drug test. But how? I didn't know how to go about getting drugs and talk more about getting him to use them. I literally know nothing about drugs. This might come off as weird to some people, but it's true. Back in high school and college, I never did drugs, not even once. Why? Well, because during my years as a junior high student, I used to go to school with my group of friends on my bike, and we usually went past a corner where a homeless guy lived. He used to look really shabby and sickly. One time we went past that same corner, and he wasn't there. Later we learned that he died. When I asked my parents why he lived like that, they told me his life was ruined because of drugs. Since that time, I vowed to never use drugs ever, and that fear of living a sad and sickly life made it easy for me to keep that promise to myself. Anyways, back to the story, I had to reach out to one of my old college buddies who knew a lot about drugs. I needed advice on how to get the drugs and how to use them. I told him the drugs were for me, of course. I was paranoid at the time and didn't want anything blowing back on me. He didn't believe me, so I eventually had to tell him the truth. He laughed at my plan and decided to help me carry it out, since it was, in his words, all good fun. That same day, he called me at night and told me to come over to his place to pick up some very special cookies the next day. I got to his home an hour before I had to get to work, and he passed me a paper bag. When I opened it, I was somewhat disappointed to see that I came to his place for cookies. Cookies! which didn't look or smell a bit as good as my mom's. Eventually, he told me it wasn't just cookies and that it had been baked with marijuana. One bite of the cookies would send anyone off the deep end. I was skeptical about the effects initially because they looked like ordinary cookies, but what the heck? I thanked my friend and gave him my homemade chocolate donuts as payment and made my way to work. As usual, I got to work and dropped my lunch in the refrigerator then went about my daily routine. A few minutes to lunchtime, I watched Mr. Supervisor go into the kitchen and then come out. He seemed pretty normal to me, but I had to go into the kitchen to check if he actually ate my lunch. He did. He ate every single cookie in the paper bag, leaving the stick-it note in the fridge. I went back to my desk, watching the supervisor from afar as he did stuff on his computer. A couple of minutes later, just when I was about ready to accept that the cookies were just the normal type, the supervisor burst out laughing at something on his computer. The whole office went silent, and heads turned to look at the supervisor. He didn't stop. He just laughed harder, clapping his hands. He stood up, still laughing, and called one of the junior accountants. When the guy came closer, he showed him what he'd been looking at on his computer. The guy peered into the supervisor's computer, then gave him a weird look. When he walked away, I asked him what the supervisor had been looking at. It was a freaking typo on a document file. I watched in awe as the supervisor walked around, talking to the other employees about his wife and how bad her cooking was. One time, he even walked to the vent and farted into it. It wasn't even funny. Just sad and disgusting. Anyways, I moved on to the next phase of my plan and reported the situation to the manager, who proceeded to call the analyst. The test was done, and he failed. The next day, before his disciplinary hearing, he walked up to me with a deep frown on his face. What did you do, he asked me. He admitted to stealing my lunch and accused me of lacing the cookie with drugs. I promptly denied having anything to do with it. He had no proof of the matter, so he couldn't accuse me in front of the disciplinary committee. Anyways, he was suspended for a few weeks 
then demoted. So when he came back to work, he didn't have the power to exact revenge against me. One more plus side, he never stole my lunch or anybody else's ever again. While I fully agree with the idea that taking edibles at work is a terrible idea, does anybody else think at least nowadays that testing specifically for marijuana is such an old-fashioned ideal? That like, as long as you're not doing it while you're at work, you shouldn't have to worry about losing your job over it? At least I feel that way. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.